When we arrived on St. George Island, a barrier reef island in the gin-clear waters of the Gulf of Mexico, not far from Tallahassee and Panama City, we basically had the remote island all to ourselves. The snowbirds wouldn't start flocking in until the latter part of December, and then there's another influx of vacationers for spring break, followed by families mostly, who hunker down for their summer vacations. I'm correspondent Tom Wilmer. Come along and join us for an exploration of ever-popular local hangouts, as well as a visit at the historic St. George Lighthouse. We'll start our adventure at Patty's Raw Bar, where local oysters are the house specialty. We have fabulous local shrimp. We also do a tuna poke bowl. Join Dale Flint, general manager, followed by Preston Garcia, chef and oyster shucker extraordinaire. Yeah, I do shuck oysters. I do basically about everything here at Patty's Raw Bar. Entertainment, great food. I'll sit there and uh, I shuck sometimes, I cook sometimes. I'll even get up on stage and sing if I have to. Next up is a late-night visit at the ever-rocking Harrier's Bar and Grill for a visit with General Manager Mike Howe. And he wanted a family-friendly place, so we've got the smash burgers, we've got grilled cheese, we've got some specialty sandwiches that we do, but it's open for the whole family. It's not just a bar and grill. It's a, you know has something for everybody. Megan, a server at the Beach Pit Diner in the heart of town, shares cool insights about the happening place. We are known for our barbecue. We serve breakfast daily, lunch. We are open all day from uh -huh. 7 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. Amy Hodson, Executive Director with the St. George Lighthouse Association, shares cool tales of the historic lighthouse that first cast its beam over the Gulf of Mexico in 1833. And the first lighthouse was built on the west end of St. George Island in 1833. It was built there because Apalachicola at the time was the third largest shipping port on the Gulf Coast. Jason Jones and his wife Julie own and operate Aunt Abby's Ice Cream Parlor where Jason shares sweet tales about what makes the place a must-do destination. What we're known for is our scoop sizes. Our sizes are pretty much double of what everybody else's is. It's a lot of ice cream. You know, if you get a double, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, you might not be able to finish it. Ian Williams, the owner of a private chef experience company called Your Table, Your Chef. Everything I do, I do with passion. Be sure to tune in to the next installment of Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, exploring St. George Island, when we visit with St. George Island Turtle Patrol's Turtle Lady, Kimberly Crossan. Here we are, where are we? On St. George Island. My name's Dale Flint, and I'm proud to say I'm the general manager of Patty's Royal Bar on St. George Island, a sunny place for shady people. <laughs> Florida. In Florida, that's right. That's a wonderful place. If you've never been to St. George Island, it is amazing. You had a long journey getting here. You're an Aussie. How did that happen from there to here? Well, it goes back a few years ago when I graduated high school and decided instead of going to college, I was going to experience the college of the world. So I went to Europe and backpack, which a lot of Australians do. It's yeah. called Walkabout. Lived in Spain for three years. Wow. 
While I was there, I met an American, that my ex-husband now. He was stationed in the Navy, U.S. Navy, and uh, yeah, fell in love, got married in Gibraltar, and then he got stationed in the States. And Back to the States, where did you guys live? Well, we lived in Virginia for about seven months. Newport and then, News? Or? Yeah, Newport News. The USS Ramage was being built in... Uh, Newport News boatyard there. Then we moved to Jacksonville, Florida and then from Jacksonville, Florida I came here on vacation 26 years ago and fell in love. Went back to Jacksonville, put in my two weeks notice, packed up the family and I have been here ever since. When you first settled here what did you do? Well, restaurant business, just like I am now, but I have done a few things in between. I was the branch manager of the local bank for a while, the executive officer of our local builders association. And somehow the restaurant world got you again. Well, I like the sociability of the restaurant world. I like how you get to meet so many colorful people and just like the overseas experience, it just keeps on going in a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so you started this restaurant? I did not. I'm the general manager, okay. but my bosses, Jessica and Patrick Sparks, they started it eight years ago. I can the name of the restaurant again? Paddy's Rawba. A little Irish in Paddy or no? Yes, yes. Patrick Sparks does have Irish heritage for sure. So yeah, the raw bar and bringing in a little Irish feel has uh, St. Paddy's Day is our biggest holiday. We have all the fixings, your shepherd's pie, corned beef and cabbage, all that fun stuff, and of course Guinness. And It's a great big event here at Paddy's Raw Bar. That's so cool. This is the go-to place for locally raised oysters, isn't it? Absolutely, and we only get local oysters from around here farm-raised. Well, we can't get the wild caught anymore, but we do the farm-raised oysters. Yeah, they're very well liked and received around here for sure. But you do more than just oysters, right? Oh, yes, we do. I saw some shrimp in there. (laughs) We do. We have fabulous local shrimp. We also do a tuna poke bowl. All our seafood served on salads. We have seafood wraps, buffalo shrimp wraps, fish tacos, fish sandwiches, bang bang shrimp tacos. So we really hit the seafood. But for those people that don't like seafood, we have cheeseburgers, hot dogs, grilled cheese. We also have our famous cheeseburger wrap, which is a cheese burger wrapped up in a tortilla that's amazing that sounds great Mm. you didn't tell me about that part i did not (laughs) sorry about that i was pushing the seafood tonight which was pretty awesome (laughs) it was amazing it was amazing everyone liked the hawaiian island oysters did you get one of those sure did yeah it's Uh great they are good hard to stop eating though (laughs) they are unfortunately you can't get all you can eat oysters anywhere but it would be nice so you're open every day we're open seven days a week from 11 in the morning to 11 at night sometimes later and some live music i imagine we're sitting on a stage right now yes yes live music every night in the summer and then every weekend in the off season Uh, we have all kinds of different performers full-on bands we even have some dueling pianos that come out they are fantastic so we always have a good time we've got TVs with all of our sporting events going on, um, but it's a, it's a wonderful place where everyone can get together and really feel like they're friends. A sleepy December night, and it looked like 
it's rocking and happening in there. So you got <laughs> half the town here tonight. We do have a lot of town, a lot of the town here tonight, but it is national championship college football game. So ah. that does help. Yeah. Some cold beer and some college football is always a good time. So anything you want to add, thing you're most proud of, you enjoy the most, most rewarding most rewarding part about being here at Paddy's I so enjoy seeing the same people over and over again like every year we have people that come and uh, visit they know our names they come straight to Paddy's before they even go to their house and they come on in here and get their favorite cheeseburger wraps or their favorite oysters or whatever it is say hi to their bartenders um, and the staff and and it's just wonderful it's a very family orientated place and it's a great place to work visit and and just be here that's so cool all right so then to learn more about your world here where would you direct us patty's raw bar we have a web page it's uh patty's com. you can always get on there we've got a live camera that looks over the bay so you can always see what's going on down here and you can contact us with any further questions entertainment food anything that you want my name's dale flint and i'm proud to say i'm the general manager of patty's raw bar on saint george island a sunny place for shady people I love it. Thanks for sharing. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you, Tom, so much. It's yeah. been a great experience. It's fun. And I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Patty's Rubber. My name is Preston, Preston Garcia. I was born and raised down south in Broward County. I was basically a cook. My family has been in the seafood industry all their lives. So I decided to come up here and take a shot at it. It's everything they told me about. It's it's really great life. So when you were a kid, you were out oystering a lot, right? Not really a kid. I didn't actually learn that part until after '99. I was the greenhorn on the on the boat, so I actually had to had to learn the ins and outs of it. My family there to help me pick up the pieces. So today, are you involved in? The farm-raised oyster production? or No, I fell back on my cooking career at the time because I really was thinking about it because actually that's actually helped save the restaurants around here, the farm-raised oysters, uh, because Apalachicola oysters are one of the best in the world. Interesting. So you're a shucker here at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah I do shuck oysters. I do basically about everything here at Patty's Raw Bar. Entertainment, great food. I'll sit there and uh, I shuck sometimes. I cook sometimes. I'll even get up on stage and sing if I have to. So this is pretty much your full-time gig here? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is my full-time gig. When they do open up the bay again, I will be out there oystering. So we was shut down for quite a while, right? It's been shut down for a couple years now, which, in all honesty, it hurt us in the beginning, but in the long run, it's actually making, it's actually helping us. Oh, interesting. Why? Because basically uh, the oysters, uh, they, they replenish. Uh, Mother Nature is, is, is great. Now there's, there's abundance more than there was. If we would have kept going the way it was, there would have never been any more oysters here. In the interim, have you been able to produce farm-raised, or are they shut down too? They're still producing farm-raised right now, but uh, the wild ones are coming back. From what I, what I see in at the Oyster Association meetings, they are, they are making a comeback. You know, oyster depends on kind of a brackish, you know, yeah, semi. Yeah, it has to be a perfect. Uh, you got to have some fresh water yeah, so coming fresh in. water and salt. They can't have too much of one. They can't have right. too less of the other. So how many oyster operations are on the bay here? Actually, over the years, there's not many more. I mean, not many left because we used to have, I mean, when you first came into Franklin County, you would see Oyster House, Oyster House, Oyster House. Now that uh, the bay's been shut down, we've a lot of people have had to 
find other businesses to go with and, and but again you just alluded to earlier there's a comeback on yes, the horizon yes right? there is a comeback on the horizon it's always darkest before dawn and no matter what uh you know this is this is a, a strong community and a strong county to be an oysterman isn't a huge investment you can have a smaller boat yes and, well know. honestly you got you got to sit there and you got to have pride of what you want right. to do because you you get what you put into it uh but it's more labor than machinery no there's no. art to it <laughs> there is a lot of art to it i mean a lot of people don't you can't just manhandle manhandle the tongs you actually got to know a little about what you're doing but um it's a great rewarding job it really is so talk to us about the oysters that you serve here you have bunch yes. of different um well right yeah. now we, we we rely upon uh uh the farm raised we got the basically the raws we got uh hawaiian island we have big fish which is uh jalapenos parmesan then we got legendary rockefeller mm-hmm. <laughs> then we got saint cheddar a lot of times it depends on uh if we're really busy you can actually order whatever you want on the oyster we have no problem with that we'll accommodate to you but you have more than oysters. Oh yeah! Shrimp, oh yeah! Shrimp. Oh shrimp! We got shrimp, snow crab. We got crab dip. Oh, the crab dip is awesome here. Tuna dip. I mean, there's we got a wide variety, wide variety. That's really cool. <laughs> so a little bit more. You know, how long have you been here? I've been up here since uh, 1999. I had to get out of the city to get a break, and I just wanted to experience the simple life. And I came up here and. It was a culture shock in the beginning because uh, you know we have one traffic light in Lincoln and we had one fast food restaurant. <laughs> and you got a little yes. a grocery store. Yeah, we got we got a little grocery store. It was a little bit hard to get used to in the beginning, but now the gas stations had closed on Sunday. Actually, yes. <laughs> and now it's hard to get gas after eleven o'clock. You got, <laughs> you better fill up before you come through here. Yeah, it's, the community is great though. It's great, it really is. And so when you moved here, it was smaller community than yes, 30 are. years there's yep. been quite a bit of growth huh? oh yeah they, uh, when i first moved here they still had dirt roads over in east point of, across the bridge it was all dirt roads when i first moved here not that many shotgun houses and then i mean over the years it's probably tripled since i moved here and so how many people live here full time um i think it's like uh 50 was it 5500 55 or 5200 that are residents Year round. Year round, and then and summer it gets packed. It gets. I mean, we go through. Sometimes we uh we don't even get time to breathe here. <laughs> don't you get the snowbirds that come down in the winter yes. time? They should be here probably. I think it's next week or a week and a half after that. We love them as much as they love us, because they actually get to sit there and uh, relax and there's just have a great time. But you're saying the summer is the busiest time. The summer is when the younger younger people come down, the kids and everything, the families. The families, and I mean it's it's a bigger crowd because it's, it's a bigger family, just as busy with the snowbirds as is with uh, the summer crowd. Is uh, Preston Garcia? Title here is everything. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah, my uncle when I moved up here, he was the commissioner for the Oyster Association, and he's the one who actually talked to me in, about coming up here and getting involved. That's so cool. Preston, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. I hope you guys enjoy your time. Oh, yeah, it's been fun. (laughs) Thank you. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer. We'll see you here. Hey, I'm uh, Mike Howe. I'm the general manager at Harry A's Bar and Grill, St. George Island. This has been around quite a long time, hasn't it? been here since the uh, middle 70s so been here since before there was a bridge used to be a uh, ferry that brought everybody over so this has been grandpas will bring their 
kids and their kids are bringing their kids now, right? Absolutely. What we're seeing now is a, is a generation before us bringing their kids in and because they wanted to see where their family, where their mom partied at, where their dad partied at. Just see the whole outlay of how they experienced life. How did you come to work? I was actually um, up in North Georgia and uh, a uh, food vendor that I dealt with years ago in the restaurant business called me and said they were opening a new restaurant down here and they needed a little help and so I came down and, and uh, I've been here since. Wow, so you've been for the whole time then? The building and the business have been through about four owners over the last 40 years, so the most previous owners who I work for now, and bringing it back to some of the old classic, you know, 70s and 80s days, much appreciated by the locals. Well, we just missed it, but you had live musician playing up front here a little while ago. Yeah, we, we kind of specialize in live music. we got a uh, full courtyard, not sure, and we'll take a look back there shortly if you haven't been back there, but full courtyard stage, uh, we fit about 250, 300 people out there, multiple bars, so on the weekends, that's where... The yeah, place rocks. Yeah. yeah, it'll get packed on the weekends, especially in season. It's late at night, probably one of the reasons it's kind of slowed up here. Right, yeah, we're um, getting the time of year where we don't have as many visitors here December, but um, in season, kind of March through August, September time frame. Busy in the restaurant with food up until about 9, 10 o'clock, and then the outside's where the action's at. And the myth, lore, and legend of your place, and people I talk to, is the fresh fish the fresh fish is one of our specialties we we have a uh, grouper shrimp we do a, a variety of specials throughout the week uh, mahi mahi got grouper tacos grilled fish kind of cook it however you want one of our big things we do is called a hook and cook so a lot of the local fishing guides basically tell their folks that they're fishing with come on out bring your catch and we cook it by the pound with the sides and everything to go with it yeah most of the time the fishing guides take care of the cleaning and we take care of the cooking so some of the fish that you source do you buy directly from fishermen or do you do wholesalers? That varies from time to time throughout the year what's locally available uh, because of some of the fishing regulations we, we don't get some of the fish but through the season we try to source locally uh, as much 90-95% of what we get is local fish. Can you buy directly from the fishermen? You can buy directly from fishermen they, they're getting a lot, a lot more uh, uh, regulations on what you can buy and where it's processed at so you have to be uh, kind of follow the letter of the law at that point. Tell us a little bit more about the restaurant itself. It's like it's just a classic roadside diner in a way, isn't it? Right, yeah. The um, Our current owner, uh, Justin Furman, opened up a couple restaurants up in North Carolina, Asheville, Waynesville area, and they were all kind of smash burger. And so when he came down, that's what he wanted to introduce on the menu, and he wanted a family-friendly place. So we've got the smash burgers, we've got grilled cheese, we've got some specialty sandwiches that we do, but it's open for the whole family. It's not just a bar and grill. It's a, you know has something for everybody. Definitely family-centered place. Yeah, absolutely. From from the and the kids' meals in the summertime served on frisbees, and uh, we do the kids' karaoke in the courtyard during the summertime. So it's a fun time for the whole family. That's really cool. A little bit more, any reasons to come here, specials, things you're legendary known for? I think, you know, just being the what they call the Forgotten Coast, the, the whole area in general is one of the most beautiful places in Florida. How did it get forgotten? Um, most of that is because it was a kind of a barrier island, and, and uh, once it started to become populated, uh, it was 
here on the island we've got about five, six restaurants total and about 3,100 homes. So the uh, people came here for that relaxation, the not having a big commercial aspect to the town. It's a fun time. We go from uh, the snowbirds that we get in January and February that come down. Uh, they're the same ones year after year. Uh, we try to create an environment where it's comfortable for them and then going into season you have spring breakers, the summertime is the families, late fall is the college fall breaks, the middle school fall break, so we stay pretty busy that, that whole time, but the reason to come here, the beaches, the, the locals are extremely welcoming, you know, uh, a lot of places you go, people want to keep it for themselves, we like to share everything with everybody, so, you know, that's the fun thing is meeting new people every week. Website? It's a funny thing, I always said this, when when Harry A's was formed in the, the uh, early 70s, it was technology was not there. So to try to get HarryA's.com without the apostrophe becomes a little weird. So we just basically stick to Facebook, Instagram, you know, uh, our mailing list and such. So follow us on the Facebook, Harry A's. Oh, Facebook works for you. Yeah, Harry A's on the Bay is the Facebook. Your name again. Mike Howe, H-O-W-E. Mike, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer. We'll see you here. Rock and roll. Megan, where are we? We are at the Beach Pit. We are known for our barbecue. We serve breakfast daily. Lunch? Lunch. We are open all day from uh-huh. 7 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. Wow. And then, boy, it's your raining, isn't it? It is. Liquid sunshine. That's, that's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I expected in Florida. Not at all. Yeah. It could be raining right now, and here in a few, the sun will be back out. Somebody said that you also run a restaurant across the street. We do. We own Mango Mike's. It is located on St. George Island as well. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what type of food that you serve here. At Mango's, it's more of a bar atmosphere. We have lots of oysters by the dozen to choose from. And do you harvest the oysters locally? Or they, they they are Apalachicola farm-raised oysters as of now. Mm-hmm. Our bay is still closed. We're hoping to have that open soon. Mm-hmm. We have tacos. We have ribs. We have fried shrimp, fried oysters, good Cuban sandwich, mm-hmm. a few appetizers to choose from. Is there a favorite appetizer? That people always expect and hope they have. At Mangos, we have gator balls, which is very different. It's kind of similar to a conch fritter, uh-huh. and it has a cream cheese base in the middle. Really good. One of my favorites. Nice. And then, do you have any dessert specialties? We do. We have fried cheesecake. Oh, wow. Very different. <laughs> Delicious. That sounds really tempting. It is very <laughs> tempting. <laughs> And then another go-to dessert that people favorite? At the Beach Pit, we have homemade bourbon pecan pie, mm-hmm. and we have key lime pie that we make fresh here at oh. the restaurant. Outside of Key West, we're in the mothership <laughs> headquarters of key lime pie, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. Yeah. How do you guys do it? It's just so tangy and so zesty. They are little individual pies. Mm-hmm. So we make them from scratch here on site. Oh. I'm just a waitress, so I don't know the secret recipe. Uh, they don't let they me know that they part. Yeah, they wouldn't tell you. <laughs> they wouldn't give it up. Yeah, I might have to order one of those to go. Please do. Yeah, that's so cool. A little bit more. Anything 
about life out here, about why you like being here? I grew up here my whole life. I don't get to enjoy the beach as much as I'd like. When people come in and they're like, what is there to do today? And mm -hmm. your answer is usually nothing because <laughs> you're in paradise. You relax, you go fishing. It's very, very laid back. We mm -hmm. are the forgotten coast, that's for sure. That's so interesting. So what do you do in your day off then? Nothing? My day <laughs> off usually consists of the kids, yeah, sports, well, school, stuff <clears throat> like that. And you got four kids? I have five. Five. Four girls and one boy. Wow. So we are very busy, mm -hmm. all under the age of 11. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we do enjoy going to the beach. I live in Carabell, so we go to the park. We like to go to Carabell Beach. We come over here to the island. The state park is one of our favorite places to go. It's just different from what do you, the public beach. What do you like the most about the state park? The state park, they have plenty of like the restrooms, the showers, you know, the kids getting back into the car. Sandy does drive me a little insane sometimes. But it, the sand, the water, it's, it's different. It's beautiful. Lots of seashells. The kids must be in hog heaven they out are. there. They are. They definitely are. Yeah. We'll pack up, go spend the day, and it's beautiful. That's so cool. Number one beach in America. And then there's like that little science place going out that way where the, the estuary. Mm -hmm. yep. We have one local here that is just on the other side of the bridge. Um, it is an estuary where they have all of like our marine life that we have around our area. Mm -hmm. Your kids probably love going there, yes. don't they? Yeah. We do go there often. Um, they do make a big school event in our area mm -hmm. also for the estuary. So the whole field trip and all the kids yes, come out. You That's touch really the cool. stingrays and the horseshoe crabs <laughs> and all that good stuff. So easily to, easy to keep the kids entertained Most out here. Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you're almost off the grid, aren't you? We are. Yeah. We are. I've worked here 10 years, and every year we do grow a little more and more. Mm -hmm. And I do, I see lots of familiar faces that do come back. Vacationers uh, come back every year, yes, don't they? Yes. Yeah. They make this their one big vacation a year, and I look mm -hmm. forward to seeing them every year. That's so cool. My name is Megan Ray, and we are on beautiful St. George Island at the Beach Pit Restaurant. And also, and Mayo Mike's as well. Across the street. <laughs> Awesome, Megan. Thank you for sharing. Yes, you're very welcome. It's really fun. Thank y'all for coming in. Well, my pleasure. Okay. Now i got to order the key lime pie. Yes. <laughs> to go. Take it to go. Yeah. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer. We'll see you here. My name is Amy Hodson. I'm the executive director of the St. George Lighthouse Association. We are on St. George Island, Florida, a barrier island just a couple hours southwest of Tallahassee in the Panhandle. Tell us about the history here, when the lighthouse was built and why. The first lighthouse was built on the west end of St. George Island in 1833. It was built there because Apalachicola at the time was the third largest shipping port on the Gulf Coast, second only to Mobile and New Orleans. Did they ship at that time? Mostly cotton and lumber. So there was a need for a lighthouse. It was built on West Pass in 1833. Very shortly thereafter, it was decided that it was in a bad location because the boats approaching from the east 
we're not seeing the lighthouse because of the way St. George Island dips into a V. So in 1848, after a storm, they went ahead and moved the lighthouse from West Pass to what's called Cape St. George. Moved it there in 1848 because it was a better location for the ships coming from the east. After a couple of years and a couple of storms, it was destroyed and had to be rebuilt uh, in 1852. Rebuilt 250 yards inland, and it stood from 1852 until 2005. After suffering from years of neglect and erosion, it fell into the Gulf. And yet they were able to salvage a lot of the original brick and material. Salvaged many, many pieces from the fallen lighthouse. They spent 18 months hand cleaning bricks. They cleaned over 22,000 of the original 1852 bricks. You're talking about a lot of volunteers. (laughs) A lot of volunteers. This was a Herculean effort taken on by local volunteers, people near and far who love lighthouses, who really wanted to help us save this lighthouse. So they were able to salvage 22,000 bricks and also the granite window lentils on the lighthouse and the original granite doorway. It took them only three years and they rebuilt the lighthouse here at the center of St. George Island to serve as a beacon welcoming all the visitors to St. George. It was reopened just three years after it fell in 2008 and we are the only masonry lighthouse to be built in the United States in the last 75 years. So That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. And then in 2011 we erected this building that you and I are chatting in today. This is a replica of the assistant lighthouse keeper's house that used to stand with our lighthouse when it was out on Little St. George. Somebody said you guys found the original blueprints for a lighthouse keeper's house down further south, right? Yes. This model of this keeper's dwelling was a common model used in several of the other lighthouses in the state of Florida and in the United States. So they were able to use those plans to build this. And when we rebuilt our lighthouse, we actually got the original plans from the National Archives. Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) We had a local architect fleshed out those plans. They were a little vague and he modernized them for modern building code and standards and uh, wrote our new plans for us and that's what we used to build the lighthouse in 2008. So you're right in the heart of town, aren't you? We sure are. We are right as you come off the bridge, the Brian G. Patton Bridge, you come on uh, to St. George Island, we are right at the center of the island. Our lighthouse is available to climb. We have 92 spiral wooden stairs and an eight-rung metal ladder at the very top to get into the lantern room. We offer gorgeous panoramic views of St. George Island. Uh, Next door is our museum that's located in the Keeper's House. We also have a a lovely little boutique gift shop so you can take home a memento from your trip to St. George Island. And you have some cool archival photos of families that lived out here, the lighthouse keeper families. Yes, sir. We have a collection from the Roberts and Porter families. They were very big as lighthouse keepers, multiple generations served here on St. George and elsewhere locally. We have a lot of their family artifacts from their time serving as lighthouse keepers. We have a little museum, but it is chock full of local history uh, surrounding this island and our lighthouse. Then you do some special events out here. We do. We do. Every month on the night of the full moon, we do a full moon climb. And it's a wonderful, wonderful event because you actually get to go outside of the lantern room on the walkway and enjoy the rise of the full moon in the evening. Our Shrimp Fest is our big main fundraiser. We do that in February. Uh, The last two years it's been May. This year in 2024 it will be in February. And it's a big food festival with vendors and it's our primary fundraiser for the year. How many people show up for that? We usually get about a thousand people for that event. So it's a fun event. We're a 501c3 nonprofit tasked with maintaining this lighthouse and educating the public about its history. So any fundraising we 
can do. It is very helpful to our mission. We're also uh, celebrating 15 years since the reconstruction this year. So we have a milestone that we're celebrating here in just a couple of weeks. We're having a big party uh, in just a couple of Saturdays to celebrate our 15 years since the reconstruction. How did they capture you to get involved? <laughs> uh, well, I have lived on St. George Island for 17 years. I worked in property management for a number of years. I moved here just as they were rebuilding this lighthouse and have always had a passion for it and always had an interest in it. In 2017, they hired their first executive director. They were actually an all-volunteer organization until 2017. She left after just a couple years, and I took over the, the helm in 2019. And what's the most rewarding part of your job? You know, I love seeing children climb our lighthouse for the first time. We do have a 40-inch a height requirement for children, and we have a couple of children who have been too short, and they come year after year, and that first time they get to climb the lighthouse, that first time is just so special to see the joy on their face. And we have a couple of children who come every year just to give the lighthouse a hug, and that just touches my heart. That's touching. <laughs> yes, and our lighthouse has really become a family tradition for all of the families that visit us in the summertime and in the springtime. It really is something special that they do every year with their family. They get their sticker saying that they climbed or their new shirt saying they climbed each year. So it's very special to watch these family traditions happen year after year. What's your biggest challenge in your job? I think the biggest challenge we have, honestly, is the maintenance of such a structure. Uh, repairs are expensive. It's very expensive to get things fixed. It's very expensive to uh, improve our facilities. And we struggle with fundraising we do pretty well we are a self-sustaining organization but you know the way people can help us continue to complete our mission is to shop in our gift shop to climb our lighthouse to come to our shrimp fest or any of our special events and really just enjoy themselves to learn more about your world where would you direct us go to our website at stgeorgelight.org that's stgeorgelight.org amy hodson and i'm the executive director of the saint george lighthouse association Amy, thank you so much. And I'm your host, Tom Wilmer. We'll see you here at the Lighthouse. AntAbbeysIceCream.com My name's Jason. My wife's Julie Jones. We moved here and bought this place in 2019. I was a banker in Tennessee, and my wife was a vet tech, and we were just looking for a business in this area. I happened to come across this one, and so we ended up buying it in April 2019, right on time for COVID. That was exciting. Stressful times, but uh, everything worked out. You were worried for a while, but everything worked out. Uh, we have uh, one son. He's 17 now, and that was a challenge. You know, you move here, there's not a lot of kids around. We didn't really think about that. He goes to school in Port St. Joe, the next town over, and uh, he's done well. He's made a lot of friends there, so he loves it here now, too. So We have the ice cream upstairs, and downstairs we have the little souvenir shop that we open in the summertime where you can get a t-shirt. Or... Mm-hmm. Are you legendary for your type of ice cream that you have and the variety? What we're known for is our scoop sizes. Our sizes are pretty much double of what everybody else's is it's a lot of ice cream you know if you get a double i mean it's Mm -hmm. you know you might not be able to finish it that's not an understatement yeah and my thing is you know whenever i do eat ice cream i don't want to not have enough (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's one thing you know growing up as a kid there was never Mm -hmm. enough ice cream interesting though that how you can afford to be liberal in your dosage of ice cream per scoop why are other people so frugal about what they scoop. You know, that's a great question. It was the way the business was ran when we took it over in 2019, mm-hmm. and we've kind of kept it that way. And I like it that way. I want you to get your scoop and be like, oh, 
wow um <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you know that's a lot you know yeah. it's built into how we run things so mm-hmm. we we understand you know i mean yeah you can make more money and and people probably wouldn't care so tell us about some of your iconic flavors that people walk in expecting to find and hoping to find so one of them is a banana pudding that's got a big following honestly when you take a bite it tastes like banana pudding. i mean it's just like you got the vanilla wafers you got it you know so it's just like banana pudding all your common flavors cookies and cream coffee happy tracks that's another really popular one it's got the peanut butter cups in it chocolate people love it we carry some sorbets some normally a lemon or a raspberry sorbet normally a non-dairy product too there's not a lot of demand and kids favorites got to have cotton candy. You know, you got to have cotton candy in the summertime and you got to have butter pecan in the wintertime. The kids <laughs> love cotton candy, so you got to have that. They love anything that's just bright colors. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think they care what the flavor is. If it's bright, the kids <laughs> want it, you know what I'm saying? That's Rainbow funny. sherbet, they just love the bright colors. Mm-hmm. You're sourcing, do you multiple sources? Uh, you know, we do, but the majority of it comes through Bluebell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we buy some through Hershey's and some other, you know, lesser known but most of it bluebells are main they're easy to deal with i've been to the mother show in brenham have you really yeah yeah and there's nothing better finer than ice cream bluebell right off the line we just drove through brenham texas <laughs> then you didn't go to the mother show well i drove straight through we were heading <laughs> to, to austin to an event and i was planning on staying overnight in that area and for some reason i'm like man i just want to get there so we just kept driving pushed on yeah, yeah. I, w- I wanted to but we just didn't so a little bit more to do catering like some family wants to have a special ice cream birthday party no you know we're just not set up for it i mean it's not something you can make on site Mm -hmm. or it's just we've done one wedding just as a favor we didn't charge i mean Mm -hmm. it was a lot a lot of work yeah especially when you're trying to keep up with the summer traffic you know learn more about aunt evie's ice cream website yep or? you can find us on facebook my wife handles all that i'm sure we have a uh, instagram too <laughs> yeah. but uh, i know we're on facebook aunt evie's ice cream.com my name's jason my wife's julie jones we're normally here most oh. evenings we're here so front row center yep we'll see you here all righty all right i'm your host tom wilmer we'll see you here on the island My name is Chef Ian Williams. I own and operate a company called Your Table, Your Chef, the private chef experience company. Interesting. So you come to me then? Yes, I come into people's homes or mm-hmm. vacation rentals and cook for them whatever they want. So being a vacation rental paradise, you probably do pretty good, don't I you? do great. Yeah. I stay very, very busy. I usually book out about three months in advance. So people have to plan ahead. Yes, they have to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about what makes your food exceptional and what you focus on philosophy-wise. Well, after uh, cooking for about 34 years, I really love this environment because this way I can cook everything and pay attention to every little detail and serve it the way it was meant to be served, like fresh out of the oven, hot. A lot of times at restaurants, the food goes through one pair of hands and then onto another mm-hmm. and then another. And by the time the customer gets it, it's already been prepared for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Let's back up in Ian's life. When you started out, did you always 
have an affinity for cooking since you were a kid? <laughs> My mom would say different, but yes, I've always <laughs> loved to cook. My mom was a scratch cook, okay. so she nudged me out of the kitchen every time I would come and show some interest in it. And so did my grandmother. You got in their way. Yes. <laughs> so did you go to cooking school? Yes, I did. I went to AB Tech in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. They worked in conjunction with the Grove Park Inn, so I did an apprenticeship at the Grove Park Inn where they paid for all of my education at AB Tech. The best of both worlds. That's a win-win. It was. After graduating, did you go out adventuring and do some different chefing experiences? Yes. Upon graduation, I then went on to some of the small privately owned restaurants. In North Carolina? In North Carolina, uh-huh. in Asheville area. Okay. And then I got a wild hair and decided to help a friend open a restaurant in Hampton Bays, Long Island, and went out that way. He wanted to open another restaurant in Manhattan, so I went there wow. and worked there for a little while. And then he rotated me between his three restaurants, which what the other one was Ciro's in Saratoga You're Springs. You're kidding. I was with him in Monte Carlo. Oh, yeah? And I had no clue he was. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you must come see me when you come to New York. Oh, and yes. And I never did. He's guys a legend, man. Tommy Dillon. He wow. was a legend. And so after a while, I got a little antsy and returned back to Atlanta and, and worked in some of the fine dining restaurants there. Then moved down to Hilton Head Island. Once I was in Hilton Head a, a brief while, um, a lady that I worked with in, on, um, in Asheville mm-hmm. called me out of the blue and said, hey, I screwed up. I bought a restaurant. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what made you do that? And she's like, I can't get it open for dinner. I can get it open for lunch, but just not dinner. Can you come and help me out? I thought about it, and, and it was here in Apalachicola that she bought the restaurant. Came in and fell in love with the area. I remember calling my sous chef and saying, I'm, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Food is what got you to move here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food and, and the love of oysters. Love it. So now you make another move and you're out here on the island. Mm-hmm. How'd you wind up out here? I actually live in Port St. Joe. And upon working at that restaurant for a couple of months, I met, or a couple of years, I met my wife and we got married. And she lived in Port St. So that's, I ended up settling there with her and mm-hmm. we still live there. So you commute on the bridge though? I do. I <laughs> commute between St. George Island and Mexico Beach. How cool. Cover that whole area. Talk to us for a moment about your philosophy of cuisine sourcing organic local blah, oh, blah, my, yeah my philosophy is I, I try and get it all as fresh as possible is uh, there anything grown on the island itself no. no not on the island i have a neighbor that runs a fascinating company called saint joe grow where she grows everything hydroponically and so in greenhouse in the greenhouse mm-hmm. in her yard and she grows most of my lettuces my microgreens most of my herbs that i use mm-hmm. And the beef I source from a uh, rancher in northern Florida, and he usually is able to slaughter and then ship it to me, and then I'm able to dry age it and process it myself. Like the beef that we served tonight was was infused with Wagyu tallow and then vacuum sealed to lock it in with herbs and wagyu mm-hmm. tallow. That was incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And the lobster itself was flown in just earlier this weekend straight from Key West, Florida. How cool. It's the thing I'm learning that I love the most is I can go down to the seafood market. Sometimes the fishermen ask me to come on their boats and I can wow. buy the fish right there or I go into Water Street and mm-hmm. I can look at the fish 
judge from the color of their scales and their eyes mm -hmm. that they're good, and it's just great. So you handpick everything. Mm -hmm. I handpick everything. That is so cool. So you got the best of all worlds. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I love every second of it. One, well, and being in a temperate environment, too. And most of the work I can do from my home, and that way I can spend more time with my children. Triple win. Yeah. And is your wife, does she work with you at all? No, no, she's very busy with her job. Okay. <laughs> Everything I do, I do with passion. Mm -hmm. And I don't do, I don't cut any corners. And I, I just think it's wonderful. One thing that really surprised me about this business was getting to meet all the wonderful people. And after each event, I feel like I've made a, a group of friends. So it's a really lovely thing. To learn more about your world, where would you take us? My website is at yourtableyourchef.com. And my Facebook page is facebook.com backslash yourtableyourchef. And my name is Ian Williams with Your Table Your Chef. I love it, Ian. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on NPR.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on NPR.org, iTunes, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. World Bicycle Relief partners with communities to deliver specially designed, locally assembled, rugged bicycles for people in need. Nearly one billion people in rural regions of the world live in communities far from the nearest paved road, walking miles every day just to survive. Distance is a barrier to attending school, receiving health care, delivering goods to market, and other critical services needed to thrive. Find out how you can help deliver rugged, dependable, life-changing bicycles to deserving communities. Log on to worldbicyclerelief.org to learn more.